Welcome to New Vision. Welcome this morning. Uh, we're excited that you're here. We're excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and um, we're grateful for the opportunity to come and uh, worship along other believers. Um, I always say the same thing about corporately worshiping. It's not that you can't do it at home, because you can, right? You can just get on YouTube and, you know, do the online thing, and but there's a, there's a power when we corporately come to worship together, and uh, we're excited to be here. And uh, before we get into uh, part two and last part, actually, of this two-part series called Necessary Rhythms that uh, Pastor Marianne opened up last Sunday, I want to pray before we get going. Is that cool? All right, let us pray. Lord, thank you once again for the gift that we have in Jesus the gift of salvation, uh, new life, and Lord, and now as we uh, just get into your word and what you have for us, I pray that you give us open hearts uh, in order to receive what you have for us today. Father, uh, we silence our voices, uh, the voices that we have in our heads, and there's so much going on in our lives, so many things that we need to get to once we leave this place or even tomorrow morning when we head to our workplaces, but just for a few moments, we just want to hit pause, and we just want to concentrate on what you have for us and uh, allow your Holy Spirit to just be in the room and leading us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So since last Sunday, a lot of things have happened, right? No hurricane, right? Everybody... Yeah, for real, everybody was bracing for, for the worst, and um, uh, our brothers and sisters in the Bahamas uh, did did suffer a lot. Um, in our uh, IG for uh, New Vision, our Instagram for church, uh, there is a post up in uh, different places and different ways that you can help. Uh, just please go on there and um, you know please contribute and, and be be the hands and feet. Uh, for people in need. God spared us. Um, and it's funny to see people complaining about something bad not happening. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to throw away the water? No, you're going to drink it. Like, oh, I bought all this water. I was like, are you going to donate it? No, we're going to use it eventually. I'm like, well, shut, shut up. Like, people are complaining for something bad not happening. Can you imagine how bad we've gotten you know, instead of people being grateful, people were, like, po posting up memes of, like, a chair, like, on the floor, like, uh, Hurricane uh, Dorian just passed. I'm like, people lost their lives. People lost their livelihood. People lost hope. And, you know, you got spared. Just, just be grateful. Be thankful that what could have happened to you didn't. And, um, but, yeah, so partner up, help, and uh, that's ha that happened. We, we covered up the church you know, expecting, but God was good. So um, we're, we're grateful for that. Uh, uh, and uh, today, as we get into part two, like I said, of Necessary Rhythms, how many of us were here last Sunday? Before the hurricane. <laughs> last Sunday, we were talking about uh, the, the, the necessary rhythm that we need in order to finish well. And we're talking about work, rest, worship, and repeat. Let's say it, work, rest, worship, and repeat. 
I mean, that's the circle of life. <laughs> and this series, along with Run, y'all remember Run? We were talking about finishing, but finishing well, right? And one of the things that's been, you know, just in my heart and, and as I, I was telling the crowd this morning, I think because I'm, I'm about to hit 40 really soon, and I think that I'm thinking a lot about all the decisions I've made in life. This, I think that happens to him. Is anybody here 40? No, let me just. But it, you start thinking, and one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is what are people going to say to my children once I'm gone? Right? Like, what are the things you think about when you're, like, on the, you know, hustling and grinding? It's like, oh, I got to get mine, and I got to accumulate, and I got to, you know, make sure I buy a house and get the car and get the job. But more and more, I keep thinking about what are people going to say to my children about me? Will my kids be able to walk into a place and feel honored? You know, because your life is bigger than yourself. You know, are your family members going to be proud of the legacy you left behind? Because everyone leaves a legacy behind. Either it could be good or it could be bad, but we all leave a legacy behind. And, you know, we all finish. And I was saying this morning that in order to finish, you just got to die. Everyone's going to finish. That's not the question. We're all going to finish. The question is, will you finish well? And my prayer has been, and what's keeping me up at night is, Lord, I want to finish, but I want to finish well. I want, when people talk about me and when people uh, talk to my kids about me, they can say, hey, man, your father, your mother, you know, I want to leave that legacy behind. And in order to do that, we need to run, finish well, but we need a, a necessary rhythm in our lives. And uh, the, this series, the genesis of this series is because one day I just woke up and I was like, Lord, if, all, if every day is, gonna, is going to be like yesterday, I, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Has anyone felt like that in this room? Don't leave me alone. Anyone? That you wake up and you say, man... If today is going to be like yesterday was, I, I don't know. Or if you're so tired that you're like, man, can I do the next 30 years like this? Haven't you been that tired? Like, haven't you been so tired that you can't fall asleep? But, you know, people tell you, oh, but you're tired, go to sleep. And you're like, I'm too tired even to fall asleep. I don't know if that happens to me only, but like, and, and, and I was just thinking about this. I'm like, Lord... If I'm going to live the next 40 years of my life, well, I need a rhythm. And if I need a rhythm, your church needs a rhythm. And we all need a rhythm. And Marianne was talking about last week about, you know, work, but you need rest. You need to worship, and it just repeats. And if the truth be told, and if we're being honest, most of us have big issue with, an, with, with this rhythm that I'm going to be talking about today. And I'm going to be talking about the rhythm of wait, waiting. Who in this room likes waiting? So I can pray for you and know that you're lying. No one likes waiting. And you know, we've gotten to the point that we've become so spoiled that we go to the drive-thru and if they take an extra two minutes, we're like, I want to speak to the manager. Can I, can I get your manager, please? And the other day, like, the other, I, I shared this with you. The other, a 
couple of weeks ago, I was talking about us having bad luck, like my family going to the drive-thru and always being, being a change of shift, right? People changing shifts, like, I'm sorry, or we don't have, or they're preparing it. And it takes an extra five, seven minutes, and I'm about to lose my, I'm about to like, and I'm like, dang it, man, we've become so spoiled because we don't like waiting. And it's, and we are living now in times where people do not want to wait. People want to go, and I'm all for entrepreneurship, and all, I'm all for, for, you know, get it, but everyone seems to believe they can skip and get to the front of the line. No one wants to wait. People don't want to wait in order to get married to have sex. People don't want to wait and work in order to build up. No, everyone wants the easy fix. Is it me? I live in an alternate world, or do you see that too? Like, people don't want to, okay, I can purchase that. No, I want it. I want it all, and I... <laughs> that's, that's, that's the culture that we're breeding. And it's, it's, the problem with that is not only society is preaching that, but to be honest, as the church, we're preaching that as well. We're telling people, you can have your best life now. Really, when you're in debt, maybe not. Maybe you can have your best life when you get out of debt and you become a good steward of what the Lord gave you. Yeah, your miracle's on the way. Yeah, maybe you need to eat better so you can feel better. Some things are not so spiritual. Some deliverance is flesh management. <laughs> Some deliverance is you just waking up. Any the devil that... Palmetto is, 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 is busy. You woke up late. You woke up late because you went to sleep late. Hey, the devil. I, so we're, we're, we're breeding a society and we're telling our kids, listen, this, this is my venting service. For English folks, I get to vent. Thank you, Brandon. So our boys are playing football, right? And we have a lot of parents that their kids were playing sports I'm nothing bad about them, but I-9 sports, right? I-9 sports is a sport, is a, is a, is a league where uh, they encourage participation. In other words, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone is the player of the game. Uh, everyone is get, gets celebrated. Well, the kids are playing in competitive football, and these families are coming and believing it's the same thing as I-9. Rude awakening for them. The best players play. And they're playing to win. And I'm thinking, and most of these parents, you see, we have a chat, and you don't want to know what goes on on the chat. These parents are complaining, and the coaches are just trying to tell them, your kid can get hurt out there. This is not like play play, because we are truly making people believe that you can do anything you put your mind to. And we're forgetting about the sovereignty of God. You can do anything the Lord allows you to do. So what happens is that we're breeding frustrated Christians because we believe just because I can claim it, I can receive it. I need you, I need you to talk back to me. So what happens is that we're forgetting about what Scripture says. And I told someone the other day, the Lord told me will never substitute the Bible says. I need y'all to talk to me, man. So what happens 
with the rhythm of waiting. And like I said, this message is for me because I don't like waiting. Hey, your pastor was about to have a fit at a Wendy's just because they were taking two more minutes with my nuggets. We don't like we 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 don't like waiting in the most difficult thing about waiting or the most difficult way to wait is waiting on God. Waiting on God sucks. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to stand up here and just be a hypocrite. It sucks. Doesn't it? Can anybody tell me they love waiting on God? <laughs> oh, I love waiting on God. No, you don't. You've mastered the art of waiting, but you don't love waiting on God. It's tough. And I was saying this morning that the reason that waiting on God is tough is because just like Denise was saying, there's a space between the, the, the word and the revelation of the word. So what happens is that God gives you a word, right? And that word doesn't match to what you see. So now you start doubting. And, you know, then he takes it to the extreme is that he gives you a glimpse of what he's going to do and then he kills it. And you're like, dang, dog. I thought we were going in the right direction. We had a couple of good days. We could do this. And then he kills it. I got that second interview. They don't call you back. I felt better these two days. And then you wake up with the same pain. I told you guys a few weeks ago, and, and this is something that God is doing in my life more than ever. We need to learn when God says no. We need to stop the, the tantrum throwing and getting bad at, mad and bitter when God says no because let me, let me break it down again. There's going to come times that God is going to say no. There's going to come times that sickness is going to hit your doorstep. There's going to come, people are going to die. And yay, yeah, good people are going to die. Christian people are going to die. Holy people are going to die. And I think that in order for us to finish, and in order for us to finish well, we need to master the rhythm of waiting. My job as a pastor is to give you the best tools that I believe God has given me for you to be successful as a believer. Does that make sense? Not because I've mastered it by no stretch, but I'm also in the journey and I believe that they're helpful for you. Does that make sense to you? And waiting, just like finishing well, is something that we need to learn. And there's a rhythm to waiting because it's not always joyful to wait. Sometimes we wait, you know, with, 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 a, with a frown. Yeah, like, oh, we're going to go, we're going to go, like, you know what your kids get? Yeah, nah, it's at four, not at now. Okay. And they'll wait. We wait like that sometimes, don't we? And like Denise said, that space between the word and the revelation of the word, that hallway from the closing of the door to the opening of the next door, that hallway is tough because it doesn't match up. You're like, Lord, I hear you, but I don't see it. You're, you're saying healing, but I see sickness. 
you're saying I'm a Jehovah Jireh, but I'm seeing lack. So we need to master waiting. And you know, the re the reason, one of the reasons we need to master waiting is because if we don't master that, we will step away from God's destiny prematurely. And we will stop away, we will walk away from his path because we believe that God exists to please us. The moment that we think that God exists to ple please our needs, the moment that we lose sight of Christianity. God is not Santa Claus. And what happens is people start asking, God doesn't start answering, people start throwing up their fists, people start walking away from church. Because we, in the back of our minds, we believe that God exists to please us. It's like he's waiting, like, what you need? That's... We exist to please him. Somebody say amen. So, sometimes he forces you to wait for things to get better, for things to change, for things to take a different turn and Like I said, he gives you a little glimpse of hope and then he kills it and you're like. And the psalmist in the book of Psalms, chapter 130, verse 5, says the following. I will wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. One of the things I see a lot happening is that We ask too many people for advice, and we don't spend too much time in the Word of God. The problem is that you're asking people that are trying to figure it out for themselves. You don't got the answer, Sway. Right? How am I asking you to figure it out for me when you're trying to figure it out for yourself? And the thing is that we don't only really do that. I go to Brandon, but then I go to Diana, then I go to Denise, and I go to Douglas because someone has to hit a chord that I'm looking for. I don't want the truth, but someone has to say something that I'm feeling in order to validate what I want. And we struggle because we don't know how to wait. And like I said before, we live in this microwave society when we believe I put a prayer up, Lord, and as soon as I leave this, this room right now, I'm going to get a phone call. It's done in the name of Jesus. Ooh, I claim it. It's my God is not Santa Claus. It doesn't work that way. He can do it in an instant. We've seen it in the Word. It says, suddenly, the suddenlies of God. But usually, when the Lord is going to do something in your life, He's going to process you. And I'll get into why he processes you later, but just know it's never about you. It's never about you. It's always about others. This is what he says in Psalm 27. This is David the psalmist. says, and we sing this song all the time. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he says, wait. That's that bad word again. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. It takes strength to wait. And take heart and wait for the Lord. So you can say, okay, Pastor Will, that sounds cute. You got some verses attached to it. Good, good job. But, which is my next slide, what does it mean? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? That sounds like very churchy, right? Well, wait on the Lord. But, you know, break it down to me. What does it mean? And 
According to scripture, this is, this is what I've taken away that waiting on God means. It means not going out of his will to solve your problem. Ouch. <laughs> I'll say that again. Waiting on God is not going out of his will to solve your problem. So if you can't go out of his will, the question is, do you know his will? How do you know you're not out of it if you don't know it? The way you know it is by knowing scripture. See, I see people claiming and proclaiming things that are not scripture-based. I told the church this morning, I know women praying for married men. He's mine. What's the scripture attached to that? Standing in front of the house, a house this house is mine in the name of the Lord. Where's scripture for that? People, see, the Lord will never compromise his holiness to fit your needs. Some of us are asking things that will remove God from his holiness, and he can't grant those things because he will never compromise his holiness for your needs or either for your wishes. He is holy, and he will remain holy. So check that prayer list. I've always said this, and I believe this wholeheartedly. If you need to step out of his will to get it, you need to stay away from his will to keep it. And then what happens is that when we, when we go out of his will, we delay his divine intervention. See, because the Bible says that his power is made perfect in our weakness. So if you're strong and you got it, he removes his hand from you. He said, you got it. You go ahead and do it. The same way when it says waiting on God. God says, wait on me. You're like, no, I got this. He says, wait on me. No, I got this. He says, okay, you go ahead and do it. Then you crash and burn and you're like, okay, Lord, my bad. When you stay in his will and you allow him to do it. Now he orders your steps. I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking this morning to people that know the Lord. Amen? I, I'm talking this morning to people that love the Lord. I'm talking to his children today. When we walk, the Bible says that we must walk by and not by. It means that you are never in control. And I'll say it again. That sucks. Does anyone can say that sucks? Any control freaks in the room? Control freaks. God juniors, what I like to call y'all. See, what happens is that when we, when we put our human hands in divine interventions that the Lord wants to do, we mess it up. The Bible says, for my plans are not your plans and my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is the thing, and, and this happens to me, not to y'all, this happens to me. We think we're so smart. Oh, my bad. I think I'm sm so smart. I think I can figure it out. I think I got it. This is where we're going to be, Marianne, in the next five years. This is how much money we're going to have saved. This is where we're going to finally purchase our home. This is where our kids are going to go to school. And the Lord is looking like, that's what you're going to do. You go ahead and handle it. But my divine intervention is removed from that because you got it. See, and what happens is that we bring our plans to the Lord asking for his stamp of approval when he wasn't involved in the negotiations of the plans. Don't look at anybody. Just look at me. You figure it out and you were like, God, come on here. Like if we're at the courthouse or something. God, here you go. I got my plans. I put it together. 
Did you pray? No, I didn't pray, but, you know, did you look for my will? No, I didn't look for your will, but, you know, I got this because my heart, look, because you know, my heart tells me, and, and these are my plans. Go ahead, Lord, approve them. And Lord, I was like, I wasn't involved in the creation of those plans, so and he'll allow you to do it. He'll allow you to go ahead and do it. That's the, that's the beauty of free will. He'll allow you to go ahead and carry on, and he's like, but don't ask. For me to be involved in your affairs when you set it up on your own. Does that make sense to anybody here? So what does it mean to wait on God? It, it's not going outside of his will to solve your problem. In other words, I know I can get back at you, but I'm going to allow his will to take over. I know I can, talk, I know I can say something that can destroy you back. I know because I got it. But I received the revelations that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It's not going out of his will to get it. Lord, I think that for us, we need to revise our prayers. The, fa the, the, the son said while hanging on the, Father, your will, not my will. Are we praying for the Lord's will? Or are we praying for wants and needs? Because I can assure you that I pray for wants. Anybody holier than me here that prays for his will? No? Okay. <laughs> I pray for wants and needs. I'm like, Lord, I want, I need. You know, you know me. You know the bottom. You know, you know, you formed me since my mother's womb, so you know my needs. Fill my needs. Fill me up, Lord. And Lord is like, uh, it's my will, not your will, Will. For the booms. James chapter 5. Is this helpful for anyone? Helpful for anyone? This is James. He's preaching on a Sunday morning. And he's saying, be patient. That's a bad word. Any impatient people in the room? <laughs> he says, he, can you, he opens up the message by saying, brothers, be patient. I would have been like, yo, Marianne, pick up. This is not the message for me. This is not what the Lord wants to say to me today. Be patient then brothers and sisters. He's talking to Christians. The world, y'all want to go and y'all want to go hustle, bustle, uh, get everything, grind, whatever. Y'all do what y'all got to do. I'm talking to brothers and sisters. Does that make sense? Brothers and sisters, y'all, y'all be patient until the Lord's coming. And when he's talking about, when he's talking about here is the Lord's divine intervention in this context. Not the Lord's return, but the Lord's coming, meaning the Lord's intervention, Lord getting into the situation. Wait for him to step in. See how the farmer, I don't know if there's any farmers in this crowd, Spanish crowd for sure. <laughs> I'm profiling? Okay. <laughs> See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently, there's that bad word again, waiting for the autumn and spring rains. I'm not a farmer by no stretch of the imagination. God didn't give me the gift of hands. He gave me the gift of speaking. But I know my grandfather is, and I remember going to visit him when I was younger. And, you know, he'll be like, oh, I got to go because there's going to be rain coming in two weeks. I'm like, like, how you know that? But they were waiting patiently because in the calendar they had forecasted the rain wasn't falling they were forecasting that in two weeks 
oh yeah, it's, I'm like, there was no phones, there was no TV, but they were patiently waiting, expecting that rain, and that rain will fall. And, they, and, it, and it fell, and the crops came in. He says, you too, so not only for the farmers, but you too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. In other words, if you can just hold on, if you can just hold on, his intervention is on the way. Anyone can say amen to that. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, in other words, he's preaching, right? Uh, my beloved brethren, he's, he's preaching. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience, in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. The definition of perseverance is standing till the end, no matter the circumstances. Can you stand in the rain? As you know, like I said, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. So, yeah, you're going to go through it. Yeah, you're going to have to stick it out. Yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah, it's going to look great. But the Lord is full of compassion and he's full of, he's full of mercy. And one of the other reasons that we completely struggle waiting on God is because, like I said, God gives you a glimpse of what it could look like, and then he just totally shuts it down. Doesn't that, doesn't that, doesn't that feeling, isn't that feeling horrible? Like, he shows you a little bit, like, man, she's changing. Man, he's changing. <laughs> and then, and they're like, oh, God, I thought we had an agreement. You got that second interview. Yeah. You got that promotion. But then we're going to close down the department. It says, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. In other words, you don't need to curse up to God because things ain't going the way you thought they would go. Don't swear. I swear, I'm going to get it. No, you're not. All you need, all you need to say is a simple yes or a simple no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. It's that simple? I say yes or say no. And one of the questions I ask myself, which is my next slide, I don't know if this happens to you, but I'm like Marvin Gaye. I want to know what's going on. God... What are you doing while I wait? Like, what extracurricular activities are you involved in that you're too busy to answer me? Anyone feels like that? I mean, I'm feeling like the biggest sinner here. Anyone feels like that? Okay, thank you. Like, God, what are you up to? Like, it's been, it's been 48 hours. <laughs> I'm just joking, but it's been two weeks. I prayed. I fasted. I'm, I'm, I'm going to church. I got my Sunday clothes on. I'm good. But 
but you're not, you're not answering. So what is it that you're doing while I wait? And, and I want to know what's going on. And while I'm waiting, there are two things that are happening while you're waiting. And I want to talk a little bit today about the story of Joseph. And I want to take you to a passage in the book of Psalms, chapter 105. And I'm going to read from verses 16 through 19. Are you still with me? Still with me? Still with me? Okay. He says, he called down a famine on the land and destroyed their supplies of food. And he sent a man before them. Everyone say before them. Joseph sold as a slave. Think about this. The Lord sent him, but he sent him as a slave. I was saying this morning that one of the things that we got to be careful to say is, Lord, use me. Because when we say, Lord, use me, the way you're thinking about Lord, the Lord using you may not be the way he's going to use you. It's possibly not going to start the way you thought he was going to use you. So when you say, Lord, use me, Lord, here I am. <laughs> I remember very ignorantly saying that at the age of 19. Because I saw someone being preaching, and I was like, he's getting all the claps. And everybody's like, oh, God uses that man. And I'm like, yo, that's, I want to be, God use me. <laughs> Little did I know that I was preparing myself for torture. That I was preparing myself for a process that I wasn't ready for. See, when the Lord sends you, it, it's not going to look like, you know, butterflies and rainbows. And typically, when the Lord is going to use you, he's going to process you like gold, like the word says. And the gold is purified through fire. So pressing situations need to happen in order to get the best out of you because it's, it's not really about you. It's for others. You need a testimony that you can share in order for you to carry his glory. And look at the man of God. Look how blessed he is. They, bru <laughs> they bruised his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons. Till what he foretold, everyone say foretold. Say it again, foretold. Bet you can't say it four times. <laughs> foretold. In other words, what I said before came to pass now. Came to pass. Till the word of the Lord proved him to be true. This is amazing, and I want to take a pause right here. In order for the word of the Lord to come to pass, the Lord needs to prove that you're true. Does that make sense? It, it's not pretty, but in order for the word of the Lord, the revelation of the Lord to come about, to come to pass, he needs to prove that you're true. In other words, the Lord needs to prove if you're after the benefits of God or you're after God himself. I know I knew it got quiet this morning too, so don't worry. See, many of us, including myself, were after the benefits of God and not after God himself. See, we want the positive things 
We want the things, the blessings that come attached to following God, but no one wants to endure the process of being with God. God, I want you to heal my family. Are you going to work for it? Are you going to get your kids in church? Are you going to wake up when it sucks and you don't want to wake up? See, the word of the Lord, I received this this morning and I said it to the, to the Spanish crowd. And I want to tell you also because I believe it's applicable to your life. Whatever word the Lord has given to you, hold on to it. Doesn't matter what anyone says. If you receive the word from the Lord, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter what they want to say, hold on to it for dear life. Now, as the word says, you want to see that fulfilled, God needs to prove if you're real. And so many of us give up prematurely during the process because it gets tough, it gets hard, and we're not real. You know how, I, I was watching a documentary on how much stuff they put in to get gold. And, and they'll, they'll bring out like a little, uh, una barra, un, like a brick, thank you. Like a, a brick like this, and they put, I'm like, I thought they were going to bring out like 75, yeah, it's a bar or a brick. Brick, be careful with um, social media. <laughs> brick doesn't sound too well. But, um. It would only that that would be the only thing that would come out, and I'm like, so much gold was placed in, because only only that part was able to survive, and I think that many of us this is this is this is the problem, being being in church all my life, and being a pastor's son and being a pastor. People give up on God because they can't take tough times. It boils down at the, at, the, at the very bottom, at the core of it, people can't withstand. And, and I had this conversation with, with Marianne like, like a week ago. One morning we woke up, we were talking about this. It's not, the people that, it's not that people don't love the Lord. It's not that. I know people that are not here today and not, that love the Lord. It's that they don't love the Lord as much as they love what they have going on. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I love you, Lord, but I really love this. I, I love you. I know you're good. I know you're God, but man, this feels so good. <laughs> Some of y'all are pointing to yourselves. I'm just saying this generic. <laughs> I, I, I love this too much. I know, you're I know you're good. I know you have a word for me, but I can't let go of this. And so what happens is that we give up. Because it's not supposed to be easy. And I, I, I've apologized before and I apologize again for, for anyone that has ever believed or has ever been preached to that this is going to be easy. This is not going to be easy. This is not about claiming it and proclaiming it. This is about discipline. This is about knowing that he's good, knowing his word and sticking it out. Are you real? And, and I know this word... Um, gets used in the in the cultural context because I'm a real one. Yeah, whatever. That's the question. Do you have the guts to stick it out? That's what it boils down to. 
you know, we sit with people all the time and people pray for me. I'll pray for anyone. That's my job. That's what I do. But I tell them, please, are, are you, are we doing this just because you need a fix or, or are you going to see this thing through? Because we can have a coffee, sit down, and let's just talk about sports. But, but are you really going to hone in and are you really going to stick this thing through? And the Lord proved them to be true. And you know what? We tend to believe that if the road has complications, the Lord is not in it. And this is what the Lord told me. He said, if the road will is always easy, you're going downhill. If the road is always easy, it's because you're going downhill. The Lord sent him as a slave. The Lord sent him to put feet, uh, shackles on his feet, to put iron on his neck, because he needed to prove that he was real. My next slide. We need to understand that God is up to something bigger than ourselves. See, whatever you're going through is bigger than you. This is the thing. Life is always about others. If you think about the people that you'll remember in your life, that school teacher, that youth pastor, that grandma, that, 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 right? That friend, that police officer, that, that paramedic. That, if you think about it, those people, those, those martyrs, people that we talked about, MLK and all those, think about their cause. It was never about themselves. We, we can all remember a school teacher, right, that had an impact in our lives, right? For me, it was fifth grade Mr. Hostler. I will always I will, no, forget him. I will always remember him. Because he said things to me that still to this day, because he was it was it was bigger than him. People around you are depending on you to walk into your destiny. Sometimes it's your children, sometimes it's your family members. See, you can't afford to take this lightly. There are people that are depending on your development in order for you in order for them to be reached. There are people that are depending on you stepping into your calling for them to be healed. There are people depending on you walking into the gifts of the Spirit that the Lord has given you for them to be delivered. See, this is not a play-play thing. This is, a, this is an eternity-dealing thing. And the rhythm of waiting on the Lord is understanding that if it happened to me, is because He sent it or He allowed it. Because all things work together for my good. In other words, if it got to me, it went through his hands first. Is that helping anyone? Next slide. There are two important truths. The two most important truths, better said, that you will never learn as a believer. Number one is the gospel. Meaning, Jesus died for your sins at a cross, right? He resurrected in the third day, and you have eternity. Anyone say amen? Amen. amen. You believe that? 
Amen. That's the, that's, that's, that's the number one thing you need to know as a believer. Now, this is a very close second. And this is something that I believe that it's life-changing for all of us here. Is to understand that we serve, the, we serve a sovereign God. The sovereignty of God. You know what the sovereignty of God means? That no circumstance, nothing happens without him allowing it. Let me tell you this, and I said it a couple weeks ago. Life is tough. Tell your neighbor life is tough. Marriage is tough. Kids are tough. Friendships, friendships are tough. Family, oof. Hey, Christians are tough. Sometimes family is not going to act like family. Sometimes Christians are not going to act like Christians. Sometimes the pastor is going to let you down. Sometimes the friend is going to let you down. You know what? Let me break it down to you. It's life. Now, with that being said, when, when the sovereignty of God clicks, when you understand that you're acting but he's sending when you understand that you have an agenda, but he has an agenda, when you understand that it doesn't matter what you work or what you, whatever plan you have for me, he's going to work it around and he's going to make it work for my good. When you understand that you're a son and you're a daughter, see, the lack of identity is making an understand. And then we start believing in things like luck. Like, oh, he just got lucky. We start believing in things, oh, that just happened by chance. See, when we believe in the sovereignty of God, when we understand our identity, we understand that our steps are ordered by the one who designed us. Does that make sense this morning? And I think that in order for you to not live a frustrated Christian life, you need to make peace with the sovereignty of God. Why did he have to die? God is sovereign. Why didn't God heal that person? God is sovereign. See, the moment you come to peace with that, 95% of the things that keep you up at night automatically disappear. Think about it. Think about it. What, what kind of things are keeping you up at night? Usually the loss of, the pain of, the anxiety of. But when you walk in his authority and his will, you say, if he has it for me, it's going to come to pass when he proves me true. There is nothing I can do to obtain it but to walk in his will. And I, I, I shared this before. More than ever, we live in a society where people are, people are anxious. People are like jumpy. Like, like, like people are anxious. Do you see that? People are struggling. Like people are walking around like, like, like zombies with no hope. Like people are, people are trying to make it happen. People will do anything to become viral. I see all these Dominican dudes getting naked, and I'm like, man, I wish I was your father. Doing all this, do you see that? All these stupid things to try to become something. Per pursuing, 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 pursuing. And the Lord is like, let me know when you 
Let me know when you're done. We would, li we would live in so much peace when we understand that he is a sovereign God and that if he allowed it or if he sent it, he's going to work for my good, no matter what it is. The sovereignty of God. And I have so much, but time has gone by, and I just want to share these verses from Isaiah chapter 40. I said I was going to talk about Joseph in detail, but just to sum up the story, Joseph was made second in command. After his brothers sold him, he had to go through slavery in order to reach the palace. So in order to walk in his destiny, he needed to be proved. And I think that some of us want to just stroll right into the palace <laughs> without being a slave first. And uh, in the book of Isaiah, well, I can just wrap up. This is what happens to you and me. I don't know if your kids say this a lot, but my kids say this every day. It's not fair. Bro, if I had a dollar for every time. It's not fair. But Micah had, but Shiloh had, but Mason had. It's not fair. It's not fair. This is what the writer says. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? In other words, you're not seeing what's happening. You, you, you don't love me. Can't you see? My cause, in other words, my problems have been disregarded by my God. And the Lord comes back with the ultimate clapback, and he becomes sarcastic, a holy sarcasm. And he says, uh, do you not know? Have you not heard? <laughs> Sounds like a commercial, right? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. In other words, I was here before you got here, and I will still be here when you leave. I am everlasting, so don't try to tell me how to do my job. I am the everlasting. In other words, I last forever. That's, that's sinking in. You're, you're, you're a mere human. So for you to try to tell me about my affairs when I created you, there's so much theology in that. I don't have time. He is the everlasting. Have you not heard? He is the creator. So he's talking about his resume now. He's saying, I'm the everlasting God. I am the creator of the ends of the earth. Everything that has been created from end to end, I am the creator. He says, I will not grow weary or tired, and his understanding no one can fathom. In other words, don't try to understand God. When you come to peace with that, that's the best freedom you can receive. I know people that have written books trying to understand God. People written songs trying to understand God. And he's saying, hey, listen, go back. His understanding, everyone say no one. I want to say it loud. No one. No one can fathom. I don't know if it's happened to you, but it's happened to me. When you think you got God figured out, he comes and throws you a curveball. You're like, I was not expecting that one. All these, but for this to happen, ooh, I couldn't put a finger on that one. He says no one can fathom. So that goes back to his so sovereignty. 
So if you stop trying to figure it out and you understand that, hey, at the end of the day, he has the last words and you release him, you give him, I don't have any keys and you can just give him the keys of your life and you're like, hey, whatever you want to do, you're free. There's so much freedom in that. There's so much freedom in that. He says, he gives strength to the weary and he increases the power of the weak. Not the power of the strong, the power to the weak. Because when you are weak is that he is. He says, even youths grow tired and weary. I was saying this morning, this is a verse I would use with my mom. She would tell me, oh, no, muchacho no se cansa. No, the scripture says that even the youth get tired. Go argue with the Lord. I'm tired. He says, but the young men, they stumble and they fall. And this is a life verse that if you're going to get any annoying tattoo, if you're going to get something for your car, if you're going to put something on social media but that, you know, duck face picture, I said, this is my venting service. Put this up. Put it every day. But those who hope in the Lord, in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. And the reason it talks about running and walking is because those are the two paces you can use in this, in this, in this, in this road. You're either, you're either in a season that you're running or you're either in a season that you're walking, depending on your life season. We are now, in my life season, we're sprinting. <laughs> Facts. You can either be running or you can either be walking, but if you're running, you're not going to run weary. So how do you know that you're waiting on the Lord? He renews your strength. How do you know you're waiting in the proper way in his will? He renews your strength. That when you're about to give up, he gives you that extra boost and that extra recharge. When that night you went to sleep and you wanted to throw it all away, you wake up in the morning and say, I think I got this. That's the Lord renewing your strength. That's when you're walking in his will. Go back to the verse. He says, they will run and not grow weary and you can walk and not be faint. And um, here's a story I heard about uh, there was this woman that she went to the supermarket with her daughter and they went through an aisle and they was like, oh mom, can I get can I get some chocolate chips? And she was like, no, you you already had enough desserts for today. We're not okay. Like every six, seven year old they go to the other aisle mom, can I, can I, can I, get, can I get some chocolate chip cookies? No, you already had enough desserts for the day. So they get to the register and the daughter says, well, I heard in Sunday Bible school with my Sunday teacher that if you ask, the Lord will grant your request. So she's in her little cart and she starts saying out loud, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. Thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to be here at the supermarket. Lord, I just really want chocolate chip cookies, Lord. My mom doesn't want to give me chocolate chip cookies, Lord. Can, but can you please give me chocolate chip cookies? 
The point is that there's a lady right behind her, and she was like, oh, man, this small, here you go, child. She gave her three buckets of chocolate chip cookies and gave it to the girl. What I took away from that, that when you wait on the Lord the right way, he can bring you your chocolate chip cookies. Some of us in this room are running. Some of, this, some of us in this room are walking. But we're all in the path to somewhere. Right? So, right? Like, some of us are fighting for our families. Some of us are fighting for our marriage. Some of us are fighting even to make it another day. It's, it's, it's life. It's the reality of life. I, I, I can't paint it any other way. I was at a funeral few months ago and I was preparing to speak and I said Lord in times like this there's nothing you can really say and I was like Lord can you give me words of comfort for the family and uh, I, I was approached by someone and asked me if he's such a good God why, why does she it was, it was people, why does she have to die I, I, I don't want to trust the Lord anymore. I told the, I told the, 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 the lady, I said, you know, you, you bring up a good point. You do, because you just had a loss. So. But I can tell you that the alternative to that is no, not much better. What I mean by that is like, sometimes it's going to suck, but choosing not is not better. Does that make sense? Saying, hey, Lord, you know what? Forget you, man. That's, that's not going to make it any better. That's not, I told that's not going to bring the person back. It's not going to change the circumstance. But those who hope on the Lord, that I can tell you, will renew their strength. And again, I don't know in which season you're in right now. I know in which season I'm in. And I needed this message just like I know you need this message. Master the rhythm of waiting. It's going to suck, but the reward is so much greater. It's going to be tough. You're going to lose things along the way. You're going to lose people along the way. But if you follow his will, I can promise you, man, because I'm a living testimony of that. He's going to make it up to you. It's going to be worth it at the end. Trust me that there's no earthly gift that can be compared to the blessing of the Lord. He is for you. He's not against you. And you may not be believing in God today, but he's believing in you. And what you're feeling this morning is not vibes. <laughs> it's not positive energy. It's the Holy Spirit working in your life right now. And he's here to meet with you. And as this music plays, and as they minister, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Every eye closed in the room. And if you're willing to be honest like I am and say, God, I'm, hey, I'm struggling waiting on you, man. It's getting, it's getting late. It's getting late. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. And... 
and I need your supernatural intervention in my situation. And as the music plays, I'm going to ask you to lift both hands up in the sky if you believe that. Not because I'm telling you, but because you have received it in your spirit. And we're believing God today that he will renew your strength and that you will soar on wings like eagles and that he will recharge you.